I'm very extroverted, but I'm also really introverted. So what would be happening in the back of my head would be, what if I haven't covered them all off? What if, what if you actually asked me something that I didn't read? Or what if I didn't do that or do that? Then that would actually make me stumble a lot more than what it would just off the cuff. But you having the ability to actually script that is awesome because you can cover yourself prior to walking in. And I, I think that's a great skill. Welcome to the Tales of Sales podcast. I'm your host, Broden Johnson. I've spent close to a decade living and breathing sales, and I've learned that everyone's in sales, whether we know it or not. Once a week, I have the pleasure of speaking with amazing people from all walks of life to hear their tales of sales. Today, we're lucky to be joined by serial entrepreneur, Brett McCallum. Mate, thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Cheers. Cool. So, Brett's um, founder and CEO, HQGC. Yep which we're sitting in right now, as you guys say, paving the way forward for the Gold Coast entrepreneurial community. Sort of the uh, bit of the motto here that I've got. Yeah, anyway. it sounds a bit wanky, but that's all right. That's very true. <laughs> um, so a few words I've got here to describe Brett is very successful, an expert in failure, can deal with shit and move on, true collaborator and genuinely thrives when others are growing and learning alongside of him. Brett is a seasoned entrepreneur with many ventures under his belt, one of them being Meteorite, which mm-hmm. is your production brand. Um, that's where you host your own podcast, isn't yep. it? Yeah. So you've got a few podcasts, Awesome Humans, The Third Beer, uh, and The Crazy Ones, and some other fourth one. Extraordinary Nonsense. No, indeed. It's, it's in the archives. But and we right. may never There's heard of coming. it then. You may never hear it, but it'll come out one it, day. It's there somewhere. Um, and he's got a book that I actually recently read, uh, Embrace the Fail, which is due to come out any time now, I believe. So that's, um, that's a great book there, where his philosophy is Embrace the Fail. Indeed. Bounce, bounce forward, mate. So... One, uh, one saying is... Don't be a dick. Uh, we, we live our philosophy in, in the business and also in my household. My four kids know the rules. Right, that's the don't way. be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> I think it's... Makes life easier. Straightforward, isn't it? it Everyone is. understands it. There's, there's no <laughs> grey area. It's blunt to the point. <laughs> and, and it works in business, life, Everything. anything, doesn't it? Mate, if you're nice to others and they're nice to you, if you're a dick, then they'll be a dick. There's no use being a dick. So don't be one. Yeah. I know many dicks. So Indeed. They're not nice. There you uh, go. You come across them all the time, but you just live with that. Mate, it happens. Cool. So, mate, to kick it off, this is a sales podcast. Sales. Yeah, we'll mate, bring it sales. on. sales. Love it. What's your craziest sales story? Craziest sales story. Whew. I don't know if it's a, oh, it's a really big style story. How's that sound? Mate, you go nuts. So, I, I lived in England for 10 years and I come back to Australia. It's actually in my book, um, in Embrace the Fail, where I walked into my real estate agent and I, I had a pair of thongs, shorts, and T-shirt on. Um, I had thongs on. I was dressed up that day. And I walked in to pay my rent to the, the local real estate agent. And yeah. I stood about five metres away from the girl at the front desk. And she was sat there and she was doing her work. And I thought, I'll just see how long it takes her to say hello to me. So I stood there for 15 minutes, right? And this chick goes, this, this bloke comes out from the side door and he says, can I help you? And I said, does she not work here? And he goes, <laughs> pardon? She looked up. So I've been stood here for 15 minutes. She didn't even say hello to me. And he goes, oh, oh, sorry, mate. I said, no, that's just rude. And I had the shits by this stage. Yeah, of course. And I said, that's just rude. Why, um, she doesn't even talk to the customer when they walk in. And he's going, what can I do for you then? And I said, mate, I've got three million bucks in my pocket. I was going to buy the house in the window. You can shove that up your ass. I'm all, and you know what? I'm going to open a real estate agent directly across the car park. Yeah. I'm going to take all your business off you. Oh, no. And he goes, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. And so he walked out. Within two months, we were open uh, across the road. Didn't realise I needed a licence, so I, I got someone in and they helped me. Got Makes a licence for a first national at Hope Island. Yep. And I did 11 million in the first month. Yep. And then uh, 
we took all his business off him and that was all based around customer service. So nice. my philosophy on sales is don't sell. Whereas you, you tell stories, right? And yeah. the whole thing about selling houses is actually telling people the story about the house or about the area or whatever. Yeah. And then teaching your salespeople to do the same thing. So to That's me, right. I then, uh, two years later, they bought us. The people that we actually <laughs> abused that morning, they, they come and bought us and uh, we sold out of the real estate and moved on. That's probably my weirdest or wildest sales story. Mate, I think that tops many other people's <laughs> craziest fun, sales mate. story. That's good I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be keen to know if anyone can trump that on this show. <laughs> well, let me know if they do. That'd be awesome. Well, it, you know, I might get some funny stories on that, but I think that's bloody fantastic. And it really shows that like customer service is king. And, 100%. And at the end of the day, as you said, it's about selling the story, about selling the dream. And one thing I've learned in sales, it's emotion sell. And yeah, people, sure. you know, justify with logic. So you need to sell that emotional thing because... If if there's a if someone goes into a house and they've got a there's two houses they're deciding between one fits every bit of their criteria four bedroom two bathroom double lock up that's what they need for their family home but they love the three bedroom yeah they'll buy the three bedroom of course they will because emotionally they they love it and then later on down the track they'll try and justify it with some logic you're like no it's got good bones yeah it's a, yeah we we can add on to this we it, can put it, the extra it's room it's a perfect location <laughs> but it's just so how the world true. spins isn't it yeah indeed so leading on to the next question then do you believe everyone's in sales. 100%. Right? Anyone that can tell a story is in sales. Yeah. I, I love that when people come up to you and say, oh, I could, could never do sales. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you can. You tell stories every day to your kids or your family well or anything like that. It's like the best salespeople don't sell. Yeah. That's, I know it's a, I know it's the wrong thing to say, but it's the right thing. It's like that's so true. It's a good point you make because everyone is in sales whether you are a salesperson or not. Like yeah. there's, you're either selling or you're non-selling selling. Or you, you're making your kids lunches, right? Yeah. And you sit there and go, Hey, buddy, are you going to have cheese today? No, well, cheese is really good for you. It'll go well with the lettuce and carrots on your sandwich. Yeah. Oh, but don't like cheese, Dad. It's like, but then you sell the story of the cheese. That's right. Right? So if you don't have cheese, you won't get strong bones. You're actually selling to your kid. I oh, know. Do you want to get big and strong? Like exactly. Like that. It's one of those things. I was it? having a negotiation with my daughter last night. Oh, I bet and, she won. Oh, gosh, she did. It was, <laughs> you know, she's eating, she didn't eat all her dinner. Yeah. You know, she sat there for half an hour and it's, the argument got too far. I'm finally like gave in. I'm like, all right, have two more mouthfuls. I'll put it away. Goes and scrapes it in the bin, puts it in the bowl. Ten minutes later, she goes, Dad, I'm hungry. And I go, well, you, you didn't bloody eat your dinner. No. It's like, all right, well, can I just have something healthy? It's like, all right, give you a yogurt. You can have a yogurt. Oh, I want a cheese stick too. Like, no, you got to pick one or the other. All right, well, if I eat my yogurt, then I can have a cheese stick. Then I want a, a bar. And I'm like, you can't have all three. And she, okay, just two, and then I'll have the other one. And just, she, she, like, she got on all of them. Of course she did. There was no, there was no, it was just a, it was a one-way straight. The worst thing for you is you've taught your daughter how to sell already. <laughs> I know. Good luck. It's, a, it's about the negotiation. <laughs> and she didn't give in. It was hilarious, though. <laughs> Selling, though, yeah. in, in, a, in the way we're talking, though, yeah. do, you, do you rather you're face-to-face or do you rather do your deals I'm, over the I'm phone? a very much face-to-face person. I, I believe if I can sit down with someone at a table, I'll win every time. No problem in the world. I, I know that I can go into a negotiation and I guarantee that I'll win that negotiation no matter which way it happens. There may be some give, maybe some take, but at the same time as we can sit across the table and do it. Mm-hmm. We can do it across the phone, but across the phone I'm going to be way more of a smart ass. I'm going to be way more sort of um, blunt and to the point, whereas mm-hmm. I can give you a virtual hug when I walk into a room and we can be mates and we can chat Yeah. as opposed to on the phone where I don't know who you are. I can do it across Skype as well, Skype and yeah. those sort of things. If you like looking at someone, you look in their eyes, you can see what they're yeah. going to do. But at the same time, you adjust yourself to the environment that you're in. So you feel people get you better when you can oh, when, when they can see you. Otherwise, you might come across the wrong way on the phone. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm a very straight to the point type person. So yeah. one of the things that Sarah says all the time is to uh, 
to um, meet Brett, you must experience Brett. And it's quite amusing. I use Jack that. had this written in for Yeah, yeah. I, I use that in all my presentations and stuff is because to me that's really accurate in the fact that mm. um, I can come across as rude and obtuse, but at the same time that's not what I am or who I am. That's right. Um, but just, I'm just blunt and to the point. I'm, I don't waste time. Yeah. Um, I'm very sort of, you get me, you get sort of, you get me, and that's pretty much it. If you don't like it, well, well I do. I that's don't care it. what other people think. Well, I yeah, I I mean, from my experience, even meeting you, because I read my I read your book before I met you. Oh, did you? So, I kind of knew you, but I didn't know you. But yeah. still, I'm not sure what to expect. So when you come in, it's like, okay, that's who Brett is, and and I, you're right, you do have to. It's I I get the experience. So face to face works better for you, and you can get 100%. shit done better there. And 100%. and it's the whole body language thing that you yeah, I guess you, you work with. And the thing is, like, not many CEOs walk in the office in thongs and a t-shirt ninety percent of the time. Like I think oh, I wear a suit and a shirt one, yeah. once or once a month. I oh, know when when you brought it last week, I thought you were wearing it going to a wedding. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. It's just, but once again, you dress for the situation. If I'm going to go and sit in that's front it. of someone in government, I'll have a suit on. Yep. If I'm going to go and sit in front of a bunch of entrepreneurs, I'll have my thongs and my shirt on. That's one the of those things. So about it happening. Yeah. Do, you, do 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 you find that's a reason why you're, you know, good at sales or good at business? Oh because yeah, you can I adapt. Hundred percent. And the thing is, because you need to actually know your audience as well. Mm. I um I did a, a talk the other week um to the writers association and yeah. i'm only a new author like i haven't actually officially released my book yet it's for sale but um i dropped a jesus joke at the very start of this 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 conversation and I, oh mate i looked around and there's all these old people over on my left i've gone oh shit probably shouldn't have done that and then i've got another angle and end up finding out what everyone in the room quite enjoyed and then we we got on with it but yeah. lesson learned don't drop a jesus joke really early in a uh in a speech because you've got to know who your audience is and I learn every day. Yeah. I think knowing your audience is massively important. I know that the part I teach in my sales course is discovery. Yeah, without a doubt. When you're dealing with a business, you have to know what their problem is mm -hmm. before you go to them or as much as you possibly can before you go to them and then go through that process with them to know exactly what it is you're actually helping them with. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, you're just flying high with a big question mark over yeah, whether you can help them or not. So were you a born salesman though or did yeah, you I've got learn a your skill somewhere yeah oh, i got a you, gift you got the gift of the gab yeah 100 percent, mate. and i know that now i didn't know that for a long time my little fellow's got the gift mm -hmm. and he knows exactly what buttons to push on his mother and i we got no problems with him yeah um my other son's complete opposite he's more like his mum. he's very quiet and, and retiring right but it's uh it's interesting whereas my girls are um a, a similar a sort of mix of both but yeah my little fellow's definitely got the gift and how, how old's he He's 10. 10. Yeah, and uh, he's already trying to work out how to make a dollar. Is he? Yeah, it's quite funny. But but the big thing about having it is once you realize, you've got to embrace it mm. because a lot of people think, oh, I must be different or something's wrong or or like I don't want to sound like a dodgy salesman. Well, you know what? It's just if you've got a gift to sell something, you use it. Like That's if, right. If I was a talented surfer, I'd be on the World Surf League. That's Simple it. as that. That's their gift. Are you telling me another talented surfer? I, I used to be in the <laughs> old days. <laughs> no, no, that's a complete lie. <laughs> And that's See, the other yeah. thing, actually. It's really that's a really important thing is the fact that I can't lie because if I'm not that clever. I don't remember what I said. So yeah. <laughs> if I lie, then then you just tell the truth, and then you always win. Whereas, and so I teach my kids: if you lie, you got to remember what you lied about. Yeah, and then you got to remember what you lied about to that person or that person or that person. That, just be that's honest. That's too hard to keep track. Oh fuck! You're gonna have to keep a logbook just for that. Shit. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm not that clever. <laughs> I think. I think. Well, I. I mean, I think people are pretty clever. I think everyone's got a built-in bullshit meter that. Yeah. If you are pitching someone or selling something to someone or just having a conversation and you're just lying, you. You can tell it through the body language, 100%. especially if you're face to face. If you're over the phone, you can still pick up on it because it'll be that little 
discrepancy in the description you've said and it's yep. changed slightly and suddenly the meter's going off and yeah, you've lost the deal and it's all over. And I can bullshit with the best of them. But at the same time, it'll be just for that conversation. I won't be able to do the same thing again. And it's only if someone else is bullshitting me, I can just sit there and throw it straight back at them. That's right. And that and that's something that I think you also also need in sales is the fact that if you know someone's full of shit, yeah, then um, point it out, tell them to their face, like man, that's wrong. No, that makes sense. It's just like, and this is the whole honesty piece. The more honest you are, the more you're going to sell. Of course, and I think that authenticity is what helps you sell because it shows through who you actually are. Mm. And as I said, if you're coming across on that way, people will appreciate your honesty on that. So if you tell them. I don't know the answer to that question, yep. but I'll find out for you. Yeah, They'll appreciate that more than making something up or lying about it or whatever the situation. I think that's a good point you make there. Well, man, I always make sure I'm the dumbest person in the room with my team. And the reason that is, is, is probably makes me the smartest because I get them all together. Mm. But the thing is, everyone in that room is smarter than me at the pieces they need to be smarter at. Yeah. So I can, I can sit here and answer questions with you, but if you ask me a specific, I'll point you over to that bloke or that bloke or that person because – they're the expert in that particular field. Mm-hmm. So that's what enables us to run so many different businesses and do so much stuff is the fact that I get it across the board, but at the same time, I'm not the expert at any of it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's a really critical piece in sales process is that if you know what you know or you know how to get it, mm-hmm. then you know everything. So what, what advice could you mention on that about someone who's wanting to perhaps build a team or build a multiple companies is would it be put someone in place or? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I'm an honest believer that there's two types of people in the world. There's, there's doers and there's gunners, yeah? Mm-hmm. And a doer is an entrepreneur, someone like me who'll go out there and actually have a crack. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people out there that would love to do what I do, mm-hmm. but they can't. So the people that know they can't do that, but are really good at doing. Yeah. So, like, your CEOs, your COOs, all those sort of people that are really, really good at putting things in boxes and making stuff happen mm-hmm. are so important. So find really good ones of them and then let them run each of your businesses. Yeah. So if you look now, we've probably got uh, about 11 businesses that we run across the board. Mm. Um, I oversee the whole lot as CEO of all those companies, but at the same time, I don't actually run any of them on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, you have people in I place. have people that run them and then they report into me. So I sit there and I oversee it and if they need my input, I give it whatever's needed. But at the same time, mm. you need really good, good doers that can actually do the work. Yeah. That's so important, especially like here at HQGC. Yeah, of course. Same thing. we got the, the right people sitting in the right spots now, whereas we've made some mistakes on the way through. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I put my hand up, my fault. No worries, move on. Take that ownership. And that's the other thing about building a really good team is that you've got to have full faith in your team. Mm. Like I tell all my teams, whether we're building an IT team or whatever, is that you go and do it, I'll take full responsibility. And what I mean by that is I have that much faith in that team or that team leader. Mm-hmm. They can make all the decisions, move it. If they fuck it up, it's on me. Yeah. It's fine. More than happy, I'll put my hand up. I'll, I'll suffer the consequences, but I know they can do that. And by giving people that responsibility, they actually then thrive. Yeah, and they're happy to go forward yeah, knowing that if they fuck it up, it's, yeah, not, it's not their problem. It's not like, their you're encouraged them to do that. Of course, because then they'll do a better job because they know they're doing it for me. Yeah. So they'll actually come in and they'll do the job 10 times better than they would if it was just for them. Because they're actually then accountable to someone. And we find that with a lot of businesses is when someone sets up a new business, we sit on an advisory board or we sit on on boards. Mm. And the reason that is is because then they're accountable to the board, mm. which means they'll actually do the piece of work as opposed to people out there that are always going to do this and going to do that and I'm going to do this. They're the gunners and they're the guys that come back five years later and go, oh, do you know what? I actually thought of Uber. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was the one oh, mate, about 10 years ago I was sitting there with a mate of mine going, wouldn't it be awesome if we could like just pick up people in our cars and they paid us for it? I, I, I invented Uber. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. Yeah. Someone then actually out there and did that. Whereas you sitting there going, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So much business is done that way. It's yeah, just ridiculous. There's a lot of uh, a lot of good ideas go to the grave, don't they? Oh, mate, it's ridiculous. That, that there's all these people out there that just won't have a crack. And that's because they're not entrepreneurs. And as soon as they realise that, they would have been better off giving their idea to someone like us to go and run with that idea and they keep 5%. We just run off with the idea and they still make money. Yeah, not a bad that's idea. That's my opinion. Mate, I think... I think. I think it's not bad at all. It's worked for you so far, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does so far, yeah. yeah it's also fucked up for me big time on many occasions as well. Well, I think you but said to me right. once, you know, you, you might invest in 10 and you'll hope that one gets going because that's the stats. That's, what that's it's all the about. One in 10. If, if you you've only invested in, in nine, you may have missed it at the 10th. Yeah, well, that's it. You've got to keep going. Indeed. indeed. Embrace the fail as indeed, you Indeed, mate. That's it. I've even got it on my shirt. Today. I know, I can see that. that well, <laughs> I, you know, I, the amount of times I've said that now that I've read your book, it just flows. It, it's a really good way to capture that particular point. Um, because well, it, is, it just sums it up in the one word. You have to embrace it. If you don't embrace it, then there's a lot of issues with men's health and mental health and stuff these days, and that's because people worry so much about little shit that doesn't really matter, and mm. they don't talk about it and all that sort of stuff. And if you embrace that and then use that to actually, I'm not going to do that next time, I'm going to do something different, mm. and you bounce back, then it makes life a lot better. Mate, I think that's good. So moving on from that, though, yeah. tell us about what you're doing now. What what, wow. what what keeps you busy throughout the days these days? Oh, business partners. <laughs> mate, mate, we're, uh, we've got our IT company, which is a company called Vertec, which is our core business. We mm-hmm. um, we provide uh, modern workplace for large government organisations and, and also other organisations. And Vertec own Media 8 and uh, HQGC here where we are. Um, Media 8 is uh, a podcast platform. Uh, we yep. also do social media advertising and other bits and pieces in that front. Um, but our big thing at the moment is Slam Sports, which is we're investing in gyms in 12-round gym franchises. Oh, yeah. And um, what we're trying to do is, is get 100 gyms under our belt. So that means that we can be the largest um, franchise holder for, for 12 rounds in the country. Nice. And uh, once we get to that point, um, yeah, it works out quite nicely from an income point of view. I can imagine. Yeah, I get, I get passionate about these things and then we just have a really good crack at them. That's right. How many gyms are you up to so far? No, nah, five. We've got our fifth one just coming on board now. Five. Can I ask where they are? Uh, Gold Coast and one in Melbourne. One in Melbourne, okay. Yeah, so soon to be more on the Gold Coast. So we're looking to put them in pods of 10. So we'll have 10 on the Gold Coast. We'll have probably 10 in Brisbane, Victoria, mm-hmm. and then around the world. But we're, we're going to open in the UK and the US uh, probably next year. Yeah, okay, nice. And going back to when you first got into business, what was, what was the very first business that you got into? And, wow. and, and how did that start? So I'm sure there's a story I've there. been um, I've been IT consulting for a long, long time. So I had my first. I, I was a permanent employee mm-hmm. back in uh, 1995. Was that your last employee like yeah. position? <laughs> that was the last job I had. Been a while. <laughs> and, uh, it was quite funny because I um I went to university for a day as as you would have read in my book. Oh yeah. And uh, then I went back and got a job at National Australia Bank, and I sort of pretty much as I mentioned earlier, I've got a bit of a gift, and mm-hmm. I um. I was 19 years old and I, I talked my way into becoming a, a business development manager, nice. um, which was when some of the banks got robbed, they then put a team in to then look after it while everyone else went off on stress leave. Right. And whatever your previous position was, was the position they had to continue to pay you at. And mm-hmm. I was last in that day and the only seat that was left was the BDM job. So I went and sat in that. 
And they said, oh, what's your role? I said, I'm, I says it on the side, I'm business development manager. And from that day, I was the youngest bank manager in National Australia Bank. Oh. And uh, from there, I then got poached and went to uh, ING. Um, I was no, employee number six in Australia for ING. Nice. Just working in the back office. I was literally typing on checks. Yep. And uh, one of the bosses come in and goes, oh, we're going to start an IT department. Is anyone interested in IT? And I thought, oh, gee, I went to uni for one day. I, I was going to do IT. I'm interested. So I walked in and he doubled my salary on the spot. Uh-huh. And um, I, be, I became in IT and then I got went to Credit Suisse after that. And then when I was in the UK, I, was a, I went over to the UK with my wife and became a consultant. I was contracting at the time. Yeah. And then uh, I worked for some of the big banks and all that sort of stuff. And we found we had a fair bit of spare time. Mm. So we um, our first <laughs> ever job, if you like, we were copying PlayStation games <laughs> <laughs> and, and putting in these little devices that enabled you to play PlayStation games. So we're actually then selling PlayStation games and the uh, the dodgy that was, PlayStation. Was that in the bit of the grey area? Yeah. It was grey, yeah, very grey yeah, area. Yeah, that probably was the first business I went into. <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, we did all right out of that. And then uh, I come back to Australia and I saw they had uh, coin-operated internet terminals back in the day. Yeah. And uh, they weren't in the UK. So when I went back to the UK and uh, grabbed a mate and we started uh, SB2 uh, internet terminals. And that was probably the first like, business. Like the ones you see in the malls sometimes yeah, yeah. with the computers. And yeah, so we, we, we took them to the UK and um, we wow. ended up selling out of that. And that's what started. Uh, I then looked at investing in lots of different stuff. And I read a book in the year 2000 called Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. And then that changed my life. That showed mm-hmm. me what passive income was. And we decided to go and do every course we possibly could in the UK in regards to property investment. Mm-hmm. And then within a number of years, we had um, 58 properties. Nice. Um, and that was all learning when we didn't use one cent of our own money to, wow. to build that portfolio. So we we got um, we lost all that later on, but that's a different story. But we um, yeah, but the, but the thing there is that we learnt um, how to do this stuff, and then we got a real passion for doing mm. shit ourselves, I suppose. So we then started our own IT, IT consultancy companies, and yeah, it's just been going on from there. Yeah, it's kicked on from there. And it's interesting though because everyone used to say, "Oh, you got your finger in all these pies." Yeah. And this is way before entrepreneur was really a word. Before it was popular. Before, yeah. And the, and the thing is, I used to sit there and go, oh, yeah, I suppose, like, I invest in stuff and I, mm. I do stuff and there's betting stuff and all this other stuff. Anyway, and then um, yeah, when, when entrepreneur became a, a, a word, it was like, fuck, that's actually what I am. I, I actually realized what I was, which was an entrepreneur, which means yeah. I have a crack at anything and, and make, make it successful and win and lose and all that sort of stuff. That's it. I think that's the... Uh Pretty impressive story. I mean, out of all that, what or, or, or out of anything in your life, I should mm. say, what's been the biggest um, thing or hurdle for you to overcome in business life? Uh, losing, failure. Yeah. Um, getting to a point where you literally got seven bucks in the bank mm-hmm. and you got four kids and you can't feed them. Yeah. Uh, you can feed them because um, <laughs> sweet potato and chicken. Yeah. Um, you can get I've for $7. I've been there, <laughs> I know what it's like. You can do that for three days, we, we learned. Um, but at the same time is... That's the joy of being an entrepreneur is like we, we got to that point, which was pretty dark and I had a really good wife. I still do. She's amazing. And, uh, but then three weeks later, we're on Hamilton Island on a yacht. That's, <laughs> it's like, that's life. I think I've got to ask a question on that. So three weeks eating sweet potatoes, seven bucks to have been on a yacht. Yeah. What happened in that Oh, just week? deals that we, were, we thought would come off at different times that didn't happen. So they were just delayed and then they just happened delayed after. And delayed and, 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 and delayed and then they happened after. Finally so. come through. At least yeah, it pretty wasn't much. A, at least it. So we worked out one stage. We used to get paid twice a year. Yeah, wow. 
because we were doing property deals and all that yeah. sort of stuff, right? And one of the things I've learned is I, I'm an IT consultant and always have been. Mm-hmm. And what I used to do was go out and do other ventures mm. and leave IT consulting, which has always made us money. Yeah. And then those ventures would either fail or they would take a lot longer to get paid. Whereas what we know now is we have our IT consulting that pays our bills yep. and we do all our other ventures. That's yeah, not so a you've bad got them, thing. You've got them both going at the same time. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing. Whereas in the past, it was always di- like frowned upon yeah. if you're involved in more than one thing. Like yeah, okay. there's a lot of people out there. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've learned during this whole process is don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks as long as you're comfortable and you're happy mm. um, and you know what you're doing in your own head. Just do it. Have a crack. Yeah. And the best thing is I've got a very patient wife. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I've learned lots after. <laughs> I think being in the in the entrepreneurial space, you have to have that supporting family yeah. behind you because, I mean, my wife and all the different things I've done, I'm trying all different things all over the past yeah. 10 years myself and she's been stressed at me at times, but she's always there for me. So 100%. I think I think you've got to have that and you've got to have someone that will support you in doing that because I know if she wasn't supporting me, I wouldn't be doing the shit I'm doing today. No, of I'd course be, not working the everyday job that gives me the security and yep. feeds, put, puts food on the family for my two kids and her. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 it's good you've got that though. So. No, that's not, and that's the only thing that's kept me going. Like, mm. I've been through some pretty dark patches and he's the only one that got me out of them. So it's, um, it's, it's one of those things about being an entrepreneur is that you've got to fail at least two or three times before you make it. So It's almost a guarantee, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And then and you've, got to take, you've got to find that silver lining at the end of the day too. Yeah, of course. You've got to know what you want. Mm. And the the thing is, like, some someone it's quite funny when people say, if I win the lottery, what am I going to do? And it's like, okay, well, so you win 90 million. Oh, no, I'm happy to share it between six other people. Oh, fuck that. I want the 90 million. <laughs> and that's they go, a, if you're going to win, you may as well win. Greedy. It's like, is it really? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather me and my family have that than share it with six other people. I know. But yeah. Nothing uh, wrong with that. No, nah, exactly. Anyway, that's just the way my brain works. I think that's the difference as well. You've got to have that. You know, you've got to have that vision. You've got to have that like drive to go for that big thing. If you're only driving to aim for a mediocre, yeah. then you only get you're gonna, that. You're going to achieve it. Well yeah. done. Congratulations. Like if you really want to have average and you really want to get average, then fine. Like a nine to five job suite and yeah. you can get your average there and you can probably do pretty well. I mean, there's lots of people out there that, that Absolutely. love that. There's nothing I've, wrong I've got with a that. couple of really good mates that only work the hours they need to work to pay their bills. They own their house. They own their car. They own all that sort of stuff. And they work there 30 hours a week because that's all I need to feed my family. And yeah. The rest of the time, they might go fishing or whatever. Like, I'd rather stab myself in the eye with a fork. Yeah. But um, that's that's what they like. Good yeah. luck to them. And I think that's each to their own. And yeah, indeed. And now that's a really critical thing is each to their own. Mm. That's so true. That's like, whatever's good for you may not be good for me. That's that, right. Good on you. That's who we are. And I know some of the times that I've been employed, I, like, they were some of the less stressful times I've ever had in my life because mm. you know you're getting a paycheck at the end of the week and you, you do your job, you do it well, and you go home and you can shut off, which is... Which is fine, um, but yeah, each to their own. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I haven't been employed for twenty four years. Well, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> That's almost as long as I've been alive. Huh? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> let's just not go there. Yeah, let's not go there. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, when making a sales call, then, or any like, if you were to go into a sales meeting, for example, face to face, because I know that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Do you like to be prepared and do scripts up beforehand, or what's your opinion on scripting something? Depends who it is. Right. Like so. For me, personally, I don't script anything. Mm-hmm. Everything I do comes literally off the top of my head. 
I know I've said it a couple of times, but I, I have this really weird gift to be able to actually talk about anything and know what it sound like, make it sound like I know what I'm actually talking about. Yeah. So I can drop key points at key moments or pick up on things that you say about certain things and I can make sure we drop that into the sentence and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. All without knowing I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Right? And so to me, it's a little bit different because I'd rather know why I'm going into the meeting mm-hmm. but not have anything scripted mm. at all. Because I find if I get scripted, I then, I'm in the back of my head, it's sitting there going, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. And okay. like, so whereas if I read something, uh, I'm happy to be briefed before I walk into a meeting, literally one or two minutes mm. before, what am I going in? What am I speaking? The same as if I go on stage and speak. I'd rather not know. And then they tell me two seconds before, here's your topic. I can do that. Yeah, right. So you're better off the cuff. And 100%. I think that's a, you're unconsciously competent at speaking through the sales process. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that just comes back to each of their own because I'm more of the person that I well, before I go into a sales call, I'll script it out yep. and come up with all the possible scenarios on how that conversation could go so I can sort of you know, direct where that call will go. So if this person says this, I already, already know what I'm going to say and I've covered every basis. And then the, the few that aren't covered because they're impossible to tell, you can sort of funnel them back into a couple of the same ones. So that's one thing I've always done and that's yep. how I've been able to get success. But I know that everyone's different and everyone's going to get the same thing. To me, the way if I did that... Mm. I'm 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 very extroverted, yep. but I'm also really introverted. So what would be happening in the back of my head mm. would be, fuck. What if I haven't covered them all off? What if What if you yeah. actually asked me something that I didn't read, or what if I didn't do that or do that? Then that would actually make me stumble a lot more mm. than what it would just off the cuff. Yeah. Um. So by you having the ability to actually script that is awesome because you can cover yourself prior to walking in, and I I think that's a great skill. Yeah, it's just something I do. Even when I did a speech a few weeks ago um, about failure, but I had that speech word for word written out. Yep. And then that way it was timed down to the second on how long it was meant to go for because I had I had a seven-minute allotted time slot yep. to do my speech. So it was down to the down to the second almost. But that's the way I work. And, and did you memorize that or did you read it? I had just my dot points next to me on the lectern. Yep. So it was there if I needed to and I could go through most of it. Um, I haven't done that many public speaks before, so it was a bit, you know, a bit iffy. That's but, all right. You know, I'm getting there. Yeah. And, but that's how I needed to work. I needed to work and write it down as if it was to be written in the exact form that I do. And I know if I had taken the notes, well, it would have been okay, but it wouldn't have been as good because then I don't have to think about what I'm saying because yeah. I've got it there word for word. I can think about the tonality I'm using, the hand gestures I'm using, the body language that I'm using. So it allows me one less thing to think about, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. It's interesting you think about all this stuff because I think about none of it. It's really interesting. When I go on stage or whatever, I have a usually a slide pack. Mm-hmm. Um, where I did that speak I was talking about where I dropped the Jesus joke, um, it was the wrong pack. Yeah. I realized I've gone through slide number three and that's actually usually slide number eight. <laughs> and I've gone, holy shit, I've actually got the wrong pack here. So I've gone back a slide and then I just made the rest up. Yeah, like nice. I knew what I was talking about and, and was the same things, but at the same time it was one of those things. I usually just use that slide to talk about like um, D-Rock or I talk about Gary Vaynerchuk or mm. those sort of guys. And I can speak for 30 seconds or five minutes on that particular slide, yeah. depending on who the audience is. And that, that's, that's something that um, that I enjoy. The other thing I do is before I walk out is um, Conor McGregor, best marketer in the history of the world, mm-hmm. um, actually always says before he goes into a fight, his stomach eats his fear. So what, what, what he means though, and when, when you think about it, you sit there and go, Okay, before I go on this sales call or before I go into this meeting, I'm really nervous. Mm. Actually, hang on. Oh, my gut's just eating, man. I'm fine. Let's go. Yeah. 
And when you think of it, it's just that simple because they're only like it's just a mindset thing. They're butterflies it? in your belly. Yeah. And just let my belly eat it. <laughs> it's and like it's done. The moment you, you're actually into it, or the moment it's the yeah. anticipation of it is what That's I find. What it all is. The, the moment I'm up on and, and speaking or presenting, it's you, you it's gone and you're fine. Mm. And, and it's almost replaced with a um like a an endorphin or an yeah, adrenaline for sure. that that, that and that, 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 that's one of my issues when I talk is because then I get all excited and <laughs> you slow down. Is that why your podcast episodes go for so long? Exactly, yeah, because I like to talk. No. <laughs> you get too excited. Usually. Yeah, no, that's cool. So what's one thing in business or in sales that you've seen someone do wrong more than once? So what's, what's something that you see occurring on a multiple, like on a it, It's basis? interesting you say about scripting, right? Because scripting's not right for everything. Of course. And, and, and I think what we are talking about before, you being able to go off the cuff, I think yep. that's another skill that has to be learnt 100% because yeah, you have to be able to go both ways. But you look at a lot of call centers, right? They do supposedly yeah. do a lot of selling. Like I love when call centers ring me, especially the oh. Indian call centers. Mm-hmm. Like this bloke rang me the other week and he goes, hello, sir, would you like some funeral insurance? And I went, is there something you don't know? And he goes, what do you mean? And he's obviously reading his script. Yeah. And I said to him, am I dead? And he goes, pardon, sir? I went, Why do I need funeral insurance? Hey, do you know, is my funeral coming up? So I had this guy. Yeah. I was just having fun. Yeah, yeah, of course. But We all do. But the thing is, in this whole, and I was looking at it from the sales process, mm. right, is that this guy's been given an exact script. Mm-hmm. He's been told, you ask this, they will say this. You mm-hmm. ask this, they will say this. And then... If you don't say pretty much something similar to what's written on his thing, he's sitting there going, oh, shit, what number do I go to now on my on my list of things to say? Mm-hmm. So I end up getting chatting to this bloke, and he's the first one that's actually ever had a conversation because normally they hang up. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I said to him, do you have insurance? And he goes, no. I said, so you don't have insurance, but you're trying to sell me insurance. Come on, buddy. Like, let's have a chat about this. Yeah. And we end up, like, he was in Bangalore. The sun, the sun was out. It was 32 degrees. And then at the end of the conversation, I said to him, so what would you ring me for? Uh, uh, he didn't remember. <laughs> like it was just one of those bizarre things. But what it shows you, though, is it can be way too scripted mm. or people can try way too hard to sell. Mm-hmm. If he had a rang me and said, G'day, my name's Johnny, I live in Bangalore, mm. and I'm actually selling funeral insurance because of this, this, and this, and that can be scripted, no problem at all. Mm. But the thing is, it's a lot more personable. Yeah. So as long as... That sort of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a massive difference. But absolutely, th- things can be way too scripted, and people are too stiff. I think is the word I'm after. Yeah, where where they're too. Oh, I, I can only do it this way. I must sell this way. Like mm-hmm. it's too much in the box. I find Ray White salespeople. Mm-hmm. Yeah, worst salespeople on the planet for real estate. I swear, Ray White. I don't know. Yeah, but okay, the reason thanks. is because they're taught a way to do it. Right. That's not a bad thing that you're taught a way to sell. Mm-hmm. But if you don't fit in their box. You can't sell a Ray White way. Yeah, right. Okay. It's really it's really bizarre. Whereas a lot of other places will say, Oh, you do this, this and this, and here's your process. Mm-hmm. Well, there it's like you must fill this for me and you must do this, you must do mm. that. It's um it's very structured. Right. And as so if, so if like if they come and presented that to me as a someone that owns a house compared to someone else that I think is actually really nice and gonna like me, I'm gonna go with that person. Yeah. I just find those sort of very structured things don't work. Not no. anymore. People oh. people learn too much now. Hundred percent and I think that's that's why I've got this question in it because I think there's a lot of controversy around having a script because a lot of people have had the experience you've just had, mm. you know, the Indian phone call center, and I have fun with them too. You throw them off, and it's, <laughs> that's it's, great. it's, it's you know, you almost look forward to the next one because <laughs> you want to see how you can do it. But I think there's I think there's good scripts and there's bad scripts, yes. and I think a the best way I can look at a script is 
you know, look at any good actor, right? An mm-hmm. actor who's going through a movie, they've got a script, but occasionally some of the best scenes is when they go off script and they 100%. freestyle. And I think that's what makes a good salesperson is being sharp as attack. And I, I mean, that's one of the things that I say in the first five seconds of a, of a sales meeting, you've got to establish, you know, that, that sharp is one of those three things. And that means being able to be flexible, but on your toes. And if they throw something out like you did, just water off a duck's back, you go with it, you make it flow and you, and, and you continue, you tell yeah. the story and you, 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 you've got to be, it's a skill to be able to bring that back into the sale and keep moving down that line. That guy was obviously a shit salesperson because he's talking about the weather yeah. and all this other shit that's completely irrelevant. <laughs> forgot why he even told you. Yeah, but if he was a good salesman, he might have been able to take what you said, bring it back into the sale and follow the sales process yes. again. And if you had taken it off, you, you, he kept control of that sale. And you can, you can do that without using a script, mind you. There's some brilliant salespeople that wouldn't use scripts, no doubt. Uh, that's just one style that I like. But I think your scripting is a lot different than structured. Correct. It's more of a process. Well, I don't carry it around anymore. Like, yeah, but in the beginning, you know, when I first got in sales, I used to I would read it a million times before I made a phone nothing call. Nothing wrong with that. Because I wanted to learn the product, I wanted to learn the structure, I wanted to learn it, and I knew that the people that gave me the scripts knew sales better than me, so they must know something that I didn't. So I learned them and used them, and I've continued to do that every business. I'll write a script before. Yep. Just so I know the structure, and I've got a basis of what I'm talking about. I may use it, you know, a few times, but then it evolves and it, you know, turns into something what it needs to be. So I think it's good to have in the beginning as you're getting out in the world and then as you get better and you learn your product and you learn your customers better, you need to know it your story, just develops. Right? Yeah, yeah, And of that's course. what a script is. That's yeah. exactly right. Have you ever seen the movie 8 Mile, Eminem's yeah, 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 movie? Yeah. That's where I learned to sell. Yeah, okay. Because if sense. you watch 8 Mile, right, a lot of that's actually ad-libbed. Like it's actually just Eminem. Freestyling. Having a crack, freestyling, right? Nice. And the thing is, when you watch it, it's actually the story of his life. That's what the movie's about, yep. Yep, right? Of course. And if you listen to his raps, they're the story of his life. Mm. That's, that's the way he raps. So, oh, like Stan, all that sort of stuff, right? That's the story of his life. And the thing with that, if you listen to a rapper telling their story, mm. that's exactly what a salesperson does. Yeah. So your scripts aren't actually scripts, they're stories. Well, storytelling is selling. Exactly. Whereas these other things are actually structured scripts. Mm. Whereas I can tell a story four hundred different ways, but still tell you the same story. That's right. That's the ability of it's knowing needs to have. Yeah, it's knowing the core parts. It's knowing the story, and if you know, you need to know what things to tell about yourself, for example, or what things to tell yep. about the company or the product, and, and who you you're selling to. to as yeah, well. and exactly. So you need to have all these stories built in to uh, to the point and know which stories they are, so you can use the same ones each time because there's no there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's you're learning what works and what doesn't work as well. So you can have that story and you can see, all right, that, that works, great, and leave it in there. If it doesn't, get rid of it, put another story in there. I mean, that's what I use them for. But again, there's everyone can use them for a different reason. And I think it's what you said. Yeah, Knowing the story is, is important. And that's the underlying reason why you've got it. But you, and that's what your scripts are. Your scripts are the underlying story. They're not yeah. actually a scripted conversation. That's right. Because I've heard you on the phone and you're fucking awesome on the phone because thanks, you... The way you speak is you're speaking differently to every single person you talk to. Correct. Because you can tell the story in so many different ways. Your script that you've read a million times is ingrained in your head that you can actually tell that to my mum differently than you tell that to me, which you tell that differently to my kid. Correct. And and it's and sort of like what I was talk. saying before, that when I have it like the word for word for that speech, right, for example, I didn't have to think about what I'm saying. I can think about everything else I'm doing, the tonality, body language, and that sort of thing. That's what a script does for me in the beginning before I know my pitch word yep. for word and off by heart. It allows me to take that focus off what I have to say because I've got it on paper. I don't have to think about it. I can think about other stuff like 
what they're talking about. Yeah, I can actively can listen, listen to them and use my tonality, all the other bits of sales that are important. But once you've said it a hundred times or a million times, you don't need to have a script per se. You can have, you've, you've got it in your head. So you yeah. not, you still don't have to think about it because it's unconsciously in your brain that now when I use it, it's, it's slightly different for everyone, but it's the same at the same time. It's just different adapting. It's learning the rules. Like, um, I played AFL all my life. Like my yeah. wife watches AFL and go, I, she goes, I got no idea what I'm watching because there's no rules. So I'm saying, actually, there's a lot of rules. Yeah. I know all the rules in my head. I couldn't tell you what they all are, but I know exactly what he can do, what he can't do, what she can mm. do. And when I'm watching a game, I'm watching the rules and watching them how they play. Mm. Exactly the same in sales. Makes sense. You've got rules that you set yourself about how you sell mm. and then you actually play the game. And yeah. this whole thing's got life's a game. That's it. And it's got a story. That's what we tell. That's right. We're all trying to win. Indeed. We're all trying to win the game of life. <laughs> so, topic question, right? Yeah. Each each episode, I just pick a topic. Okay. Some sales topic I've got in my in your head. archive of uh, of things. So, we actually spoke a little bit about this earlier, but the topic's acting as if. Okay. So, one thing that I generally teach when I'm teaching someone new who's just gotten into a brand new sales role or something, generally they're not an expert. Like, they've just started whatever they're selling. They don't really know much about it they've just been given their catalog of things so i say well act as if you're an expert act as if you're busy act as if all this stuff because it allows you to move forward but what's your thoughts on on acting as as if if well i call it the doctor's syndrome right Right. so what happens is that if we were sat here right you walked just before you walked in i put a white coat a stethoscope around my neck and you walked in i'm gonna get this is brett i'm a doctor Mm. my podcast right i got a pile of pills here on the table you sound a bit snuffy you should have the green one Guarantee you're going to take the green one. Yeah, of course. Because I'm a doctor. Yeah. All right? So I act as if whatever you need to be to actually do that and make that happen. Perfect. Um, well, the, the, the philosophy is that as an entrepreneur, you jump off the cliff and build the airplane on the way down. Is And, and that's that's acting as if. Yeah. That, that's what we do for a living. Like I can go into any circumstance mm-hmm. and be the best at that particular thing because you know you are. You just believe you are. And as long as you have that belief in yourself, yeah, I think it's really important. And if you're knowledgeable on the thing that you are talking about, there's no reason you can't act as if. That's right. And I think that's that's the underlying thing is if you're acting as if, make sure you're actually practicing or you're becoming an expert. So yeah, of course. One day you don't have to act as if. But the reason, I, the other reason that I like teach it so strongly is that if you're not acting as if, no one really wants to be the first. You mm-hmm. know, if you've just started a new sales business or you've just created a new business and you don't have any clients, you're not going to be calling clients and say, hey, I've never done this before. Of course you're not. Do you want to come on board? You, yeah. you, you don't necessarily tell them otherwise because we're, you know. Don't lie. You don't lie, but you act as if you've done it before and you have that confidence about you that you know what you're doing and no one will question it. And that's that's, that's what the acting is if I think Answer comes specific down to. questions with specific answers. Correct. Never lie. So I always say a young bloke come, I probably shouldn't tell this story. A young bloke, a young bloke come to me and said, why have you been married so long? I said, because I don't lie to my wife. I tell her what she asked me. I tell her what she needs to know. And the thing is, she asked me a specific question. It's all the truth. Yeah. But at the same time, obviously, we don't tell each other every single thing that's ever happened to us because you'd be there all day and all night. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, oh, okay, I understand now. The key to that whole story is the fact that be honest with the people. If they don't ask you specific questions about that particular thing that you're acting as if, mm-hmm. don't answer them. You don't, right. have to. you don't have to tell anyone more than they need to know. That's right. And and, and, and that's about controlling that conversation too in is. some aspect because if you if you leave it open-ended at the end, then, then it invites them to ask the follow-up question yeah. like, actually, how many clients do you have or something like that? Whereas if you control that outcome a little bit better, 
again, we're not lying, but you just answered that specific question. I think that was very well put. Well, it was really interesting when we were in the U- I was just in the US. We've just launched in the US now for our IT company. Yeah, okay. And um, so in the US, they think completely different than we do, right? Mm-hmm. So another company I know has just done the same thing. And um, they said the way that they pitch the US business now is we are a global business headquartered in Sydney. Yeah. Which is which is accurate. I think that's, I think that's right. right. As yeah. opposed to we're an Australian company trying to break it in the US. Yeah. Yeah. We're a global business headquartered here on the Gold Coast. We have offices in Utah. We have offices. So they always put the US one first. Yeah. And then they show you wherever, but our headquarters in the in Australia. That makes sense. But the, but the big difference between me telling you that I'm actually trying to break into the US as an Aussie company, mm. as opposed to this global company and here's our offices. Yeah, you've got them all around you the world. You said the exact same thing, haven't lied, yeah. but you've said it a different way. So that's acting as if. And you just answered my next two questions. Did topic, I? So. Boom. Well, the next one was what's the time you've acted as if. But <laughs> there you go. There that's you what go. we do now. And, that's that, and that, that's a critical a critical thing to do because in the US they think completely differently. In the, they, they think very insular. But that goes back to knowing your audience. Indeed. Knowing your audience. Discovery. Whereas in Australia, we're, we're headquartered on the Gold Coast only because that's where we like to live. We've got offices in Sydney and, and Melbourne mm-hmm. because most people in Sydney and Melbourne don't want you to be on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Because they, why would you be on the Gold Coast? There's nothing there. Actually, there is. My family's here. It's beautiful. One day perfect. The next. All that sort of stuff. There's many benefits about and, it. Indeed. And the thing is, I can fly anywhere in 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. That's, like, that's the reason we Why would you Gold be Coast. anywhere else if you're indeed. that close? Indeed. But yeah, it all depends on what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. You know your audience. Nice. Right, you ready for the fun stuff? Hey, let's bring it on. So we've got a uh, fun game here. You might have noticed these items next to me, right? Oh, okay. So I'll pass them over to you so you can have a yeah, quick look. Cool. So, so a bamboo so keyboard. We have a, yeah, we've got a bamboo keyboard made completely of bamboo. It is. Right? I know that because I bought it. Yep, there you go. That's yours. <laughs> we have some essential oils Ooh. for a, one of those diffuser thingies. A diffuser essential oil thing. And we have a green kangaroo keychain. Yeah. All right. That opens beer. Does it? I don't know. I didn't even know. Like, yeah, well, the idea of this game, right, is there's these three items. So check them out while I'm explaining the rules. Okay. Basically, your job is to pick one of these three items and then you're going to pitch it to me as if it's a cold call. Okay. Right? So you're going to call me from wherever. You make up you, the, the rest of the rules are vague. You make up I'm the vague. rest. You can make up whatever you like from whoever you want, whatever. Yeah, okay. You're cold calling me. First time, I'm going to answer the phone. You've got to try and sell me this the item. Phone. It's a phone Yeah, one? yeah, it's a phone one, mate. Oh, I, I know. Hang on a minute. So think about this. Don't yeah. look at me. Um, but pretend the phone call. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw one of the common objections that we get within the sales realm um, at you and your job is to try and overcome that and then finish the sale. Okay. And basically we'll see how you go. <laughs> this could be interesting. This could ruin my career, but that's right. That's Let's bring right. that on. Well, mate, you've just been talking yourself up. How are you going to tap? So. <laughs> Which yeah. one are you going to choose? I'll tell you what, I'll go with the green kangaroo. All right. Feel it. Take a moment. Feel it. Beautiful. Hello, Broden speaking. G'day, Broden. My name's Brett. I'm from Green Kangaroo, Australia. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Do you drink beer? Yeah, mate. What's your favourite beer? Mate, I like a nice Corona, thanks. A nice Corona. Do you know you can't open Coronas with your hand? You have to actually use a bottle opener? Yeah, that's a bloody pain in the ass. Did you know at Green Kangaroo, we open, we have the first ever Green Kangaroo Australian bottle opener that not only is specifically for Coronas, it even helps by squashing the lemon into the bottle. Have you ever seen one? No, mate. Well, I'd love to show you one. Is there any chance I can uh, quickly text you over a picture? Yeah, mate. So you can have a look. What's your, what's your mobile number, mate? 04XYZ. 04XYZ. Thanks very much. So, it's Broden, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mate. mate. Corona's my favourite beer as well. Like, when I when I crack open that, 
and you're like oh. sitting down in an afternoon. It's nice and cold. The thing is, I don't have lemon in a Corona. We're a bit controversial like that. Yeah. So do you like lemon in your Corona? Yeah, um, mate, I, I usually mix it up with a bit of lime occasionally. Do you? Oh, mate, you should never mix beer with uh, with fruit. That's, that's, it's just one of those things. Have you ever tried it without the fruit? What's the point of your kangaroos if they've got the bloody pusher in there? Well, that's got the pusher, but it doesn't mean you have to do it. Fair enough. Well, it's mainly the opener. This is like the first of its kind. It's green kangaroo opener. Have you got the text I sent you? Yeah, mate. Looks good. I can well, see it's it It's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. You know what? We can actually put your branding on that. Can you? Yeah, we can. So on this particular one's got uh, a, a brand of a, an IT company that's a competitor to another business that I know, so I won't read that out. Yeah, okay. But, uh, but mate, we could put your brand on that. So... Broden Sales Proprietary Limited could actually go on that, and then you could actually even have Push Lemon here on its head. There's a whole pile of stuff you could do with that. Yeah, mate, cut to the chase, then. Cut to the chase? Mate, I'm, I'm selling these things. So you keen to buy them or what? Well, I'll tell you now, I never make a decision on the first phone call. Why wouldn't you do that? Is that because your wife wants to, uh, has to make the decision? or? Well, mate, to tell you the truth, yeah. Yeah, well, mate, that's the way my wife always has to make our decisions as well, but especially when what beer we drink. Like, you wouldn't really drink a Corona unless you bought them, would you? Yeah, I suppose so. Hey, see? So these are actually especially also made for Crown Lager. Because actually they're made for anything that can open a can of, uh, oh, a bottle of beer. And even on the back end here, there's a special little clip that can open up cans as well. Yeah, right. Pretty impressive piece of kit. Mate, if you can't make decisions on the phone, then uh, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. Do you mind putting me through to who can? Yeah, mate. I suppose I can put you through the wife. Hey, I'm happy to talk to your wife anytime. Yeah, no worries. Mate, maybe maybe I talk to her and not you. How about that sound? Right, mate. Here's her number. <laughs> How'd I go? Mate, that was all right. You, you did pretty well then. <laughs> what was your objections? Well, my objection was I don't make a decision straight away. So okay. I I think you handled that pretty well. I think that's a pretty good bullshit um, excuse at well, the end of the day because not making a decision is making a decision. So oh, Of course it is. But the other thing I always find is if you keep just talking. Mm. It's like, yeah, you can't make a decision. And the thing is, the biggest thing is not to pause. Yeah. That's what I always find on conversation. Like, I never do phone sales, um, obviously. <laughs> that was really shit. That's why I like this part of this. <laughs> if you just keep talking through the process and keep explaining it and did you get this. The other thing, if you notice, I got your mobile number off you. So I now actually have another means to contact you as well. Yeah, that's right. That was the thing I was after. You weren't supposed to give me that. No. Well, oh. you did pretty well. <laughs> Thanks very much. I was, yeah. I, I, I was expecting you to come in with a... With a two for one special or something oh, like no, that. But no, 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 yeah, no, you hadn't, hadn't got you yet. That's right. Well, you didn't even get into the price because you knew I wasn't the decision maker. So exactly. there's no point deciding going through that with him because the only thing I'm going to say when I go home to my wife is, hey, this bloke called me wants me to buy these bloody stubby olders yeah. or stubby openers. They're 10 bucks each. Yeah. And, you know, it's a game of Chinese whispers. And obviously, this example is not great, but if you're pitching the receptionist or the person, who, you know, the, the salesperson or the person that doesn't make the decision and you're not pitching the person direct, You've got to be aware that all they're going to do is going to go, hey, this bloke cold, it's this much, you want it? Yeah. There's no sale there. Yeah, so. The other thing is being really personable about it as well. Mm. Like the other, like what you find, especially in that example, for instance, is like, actually, you don't really do that, do you? Like, so you're trying to find something out about them. Yeah. So then you've got somewhere you can actually push towards. No, mate, I think that's great. Did I do all right? Mate, you did, did all I right. Did I pass? Yeah, oh, I didn't buy anything, but <laughs> you did all right, mate. But if I got your wife's number. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you probably did better than most others then, didn't you? <laughs> You, oh, that was I'll, fun. I'll, I'll trade you that for the credit card. <laughs> I'll take three. Yeah, I'll take three. Give there it back. Done. No, cool. Just to sort of wrap things up, though. Yep. What's the what's the number one sales lesson you've learnt in your life? Don't sell. Don't sell. Hundred percent, mate. Tell stories. Tell stories about that that people will actually want to listen to, mm-hmm. and tell stories about something that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And 
What I mean, like I'm one of the most inappropriate people that you can, and you've probably realised that um, for the past month or so that we've known each other. Yeah. Um, I, I swear, I cuss, curse, whatever you want to call it, but at the same time, I make sure it's in an appropriate sense. Of course. Um, and that's something, that's just me. You get me, you get, if you don't like it, then thanks very much, but move on. Yeah. Um, I, I think you just need to be comfortable in your own skin, but from a sales point of view, try not to sell. Yeah. Like, just tell the story about why and mm. what it is and, and explain stuff and be honest. Mm. The biggest thing, don't be a dick. Yeah. I think I, I think everyone in sales can use that as yeah. well. And, well, there's lots of them out there. Yeah. And the other thing is like the old white shoes sales guys and mm. how they're big white boys or the or the, the East Enders and stuff like that. It's like the sleazy salesmen have ruined it for the rest. 100%. But actually, I think they've made it better because you go in there and not be that, yeah. people will buy a hundred times more. That's it. Well, the amount of times that I've gone through and, for example, in a cold call and I've gotten through to the plumber who I'm trying to get in touch with and he goes, I've been on the phone for half an hour and he goes, mate, you know, I get 15 of these calls a day and I never let any one of them bloody get through to me, but I've been on the phone with you for half an hour. Yeah. And it's it's because you're not doing what everyone else does. You've got to be that bit different and you've got to you just got to be genuine. Like one of the first things I teach anyone is talk to them like they're your mate. Yeah, of course. Because if you can do that, you, 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 everything else that we talk about and finale and all that sort of shit just comes naturally because they're your mate. You're just talking to them. Yep. And you're not using your script that's all sounds cheesy and all that sort of shit. Just keep it real. No, just know, know the points that you need to talk. And make sure you actually get the point across though as well. Like mm. you can talk to them like that and – um, you can tell the story in that, but at the same time, you are trying to sell something in the end. Mm. So they, they need to understand. Oh, yeah, of course. You've got to, you've got but, to keep but control the other of that. Is you don't have to sell on the first phone call. Yeah. Like, if you can, awesome. Mm. But at the same time, is That depends uh, on your business and the structure. The and how it works, exactly. Mm. I think that you can identify what you actually want. But even if you're not selling the first phone call going for the sale, you're still aiming for something like you, you know, you might, in your case, you were trying to get my wife's credit or my wife's phone number or whatever. or you might be trying to make a booking to get yep. a meeting. So there's always that goal and that's the sale for that phone call. And just be aware of what that is. Actually know what you want. If you want to get the sale, get the sale. If you want to get the booking, get the booking. Yeah, and the, um, the thing there is if you look at that example is the fact that you've told me you're not the decision maker. Hmm. I'm trying to find out who is. Correct. Straight away. Like in my head goes straight away, okay, you're not it, but you're still my mate. We're still chatting. Yeah. Yeah, we're still talking about beer, but at the same time we're, we're then getting your wife's phone number. Nice. In that, in that circumstance. Don't. Yep after everyone's wife's phone's number yeah yeah that's probably not the best idea don't be a dick <laughs> exactly <laughs> good advice so where can we find you then uh, hqgc i'm here most of the time um on all my socials at bj macca bj maca um media eight vertec there's lots of different businesses that we're playing with at the moment and, all right but yeah come come see us at hqgc and shoot some hoops have a bit no worries mate thanks for coming on the show i appreciate no, it no worries at all thanks for having me really appreciate it, it was fun that's cool i'm finally glad you got i'm glad we I got, there. got down here yeah <laughs> took us a few weeks a few Thank reschedules you. but we're down here we're, we're good done. thanks brother appreciate it mate. Cheers, mate see ya this has been the tales of sales podcast with broden johnson to master the art and science of selling follow us on our socials at broden johnson one or check out our website thesalesacademy.com.au and remember to keep an eye out for our upcoming book core selling See you next week.